When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the DMVR Buffs podcast. My name is Jake Schwanitz. Joining me today, we've got RK. Uh, before we get into today's show, I just want to say we are brought to you by the American Raptors. The American Raptors are Rugby Town USA's newest rugby team. Head on over to AmericanRaptors.com for some free tickets. And if not going to the game is your thing, you can stream all their games on their website. Check out the weekly DMVR rugby podcast. Um, Ryan, let's get into it. Do you think a rugby player could cross the goal line without fumbling the football. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. That is, not being able to cross the goal line without fumbling is dominating my life right now. Yeah, it was uh, very odd. I'd honestly say eerie or creepy at this point, the uh, the bad omens that we got from fumbling on the goal line this weekend. So because of that, we're going to talk about someone else's struggles today instead of our own. All right. I like this. Are you, all right. Let's do it. Let's do it. If you haven't heard, Scott <laughs> Frost was fired as the Nebraska head coach. I believe it was Sunday morning, yes. uh, right as NFL was getting uh, charged up. Um, it was uh, kind of seen coming, I guess. I mean, they've looked awful to start the year. I don't think they've, they haven't won a game. They've been upset every single time. and They did beat North Dakota. Oh, they, that's right. They did beat an FCS team. Despite being tied at halftime. Yes. <laughs> um, it was so bad that the Nebraska boosters and, I guess, decision makers decided to forego the chance – to save about $7.5 million, firing him after October 1st. He is owed about $15 million in buyout money now. $5 million for this season and two point five through 2026. Your reaction to Scott Frost no longer being the Nebraska head football coach? Devastation. Yeah. Uh, I'm so sad. I'm so, so sad that Nebraska fired Scott Frost. I loved the fact that he was like their prodigal son. And they were just like hanging on to it. And like as recently as last week, you could go onto a Nebraska message board and see people defending his every move because like they just can't bring themselves to hate a guy who won them a national or who contributed to them winning a right. national championship as a quarterback. So I was like, this is the perfect scenario. They're going to keep him forever and they're just going to suck forever. And it's amazing. Um, I, I, so I'm, my first reaction is very sad. I, <laughs> I posted an N with how many? 220 characters on yes an n with two with a hundred with 219 o's after it Mm -hmm. uh after he was fired because i thought maybe they'd hang on for another year maybe they like get some momentum at the end of the season he's coaching against the buffs next year right uh but sadly that was not the case what's really interesting about this is the stories that are coming out now this always happens right uh, whenever someone gets fired, all the stories about how terrible they were come out. Right. I just don't get it. Like, what happened here? Because he was so good at UCF, um, and he was considered a rising star before that as an offensive coordinator at Oregon. Like, yep. He was the guy. Mm-hmm. And then he goes – like, Nebraska gets their number one option in that coaching yeah. search. 
And he goes to his alma mater with, don't tell anyone I said this, but like really great football culture and everything you could ask for as a head coach. And all the stories are about how he just didn't give a damn. Like he didn't, he didn't want to deal with game planning and recruiting. And he was, he was offloading all of his responsibilities. And I'm just like, what happened here? Yeah. It's very strange because as you mentioned, he's got the pedigree being from Nebraska, playing for them. I mean, this is this seems like someone's dream job. Yes. And he literally just kind of said, eh, it's all right. Like, that. that's about the reaction that he basically had to it. Like, money does th- a lot of things to a lot of people. Like, did he just, like, secure the bag and just lose all motivation? Man, I guess. I, the thing with UCF, though, I think that that program, as we saw, I mean, they were very good. And mm-hmm. shortly after he was there, I mean, this is a team in Florida, which is the hotbed of recruiting in high school football in this country. So, I mean, I guess the struggles going from UCF to Nebraska can be sort of expected in terms of the players you bring in, but maybe that program is honestly just better than we thought it was. Yeah, it's very possible. But to be honest, like Adrian Martinez, I thought was a lot better than they got out of him. Yep. Casey Thompson is a lot better than what Scott Frost was getting out of him. So I just think everything went wrong. Um, it's incredible to now see Nebraska fans dragging scott frost like we've we've been most sports fans have been there where you have to turn on one of your heroes right it's way more fun when you get to watch someone else do it (laughs) Uh, so the way that they're saying like oh scott frost didn't care and he's the worst and all this stuff it's like wow he was your guy like just a couple years ago does this head coaching legacy overwrite his legacy as a player you think man i would normally say no but nebraska fans are so such angry people yeah when it comes to bad football that i almost feel like they're they're not capable of like separating the coach from the player right um we got a couple of lines here from sportsline.com kind of like the action network uh they drew up lines for the next nebraska head football coach can you guess who's leading the list urban meyer no he is on the list though it is matt campbell at plus 300 Bill O'Brien plus four hundred. Oh my God! Mickey Joseph plus five hundred. Dan Millen plus six hundred. Luke Fickle plus seven hundred. Okay. Not nearly enough people are talking about the fact that Nebraska's interim head coach is Vance Joseph's brother. Yeah. Like, how are we not talking about that? Not only is it Vance Joseph's brother, it's the same Vance Joseph's brother that convinced Vance Joseph to draft Carlos Henderson, who, if you aren't familiar with the Broncos, was drafted in the second. Uh, third, third round. round. Okay. He was drafted in the third round, the top of the third round and never played a down for the Denver Broncos in an actual game. Not because of, you know, a tragic injury or anything like that. He sprained his thumb cause he dropped a kickoff. That was his first ever play. Yeah. Um, they just decided to red shirt him. Like they said, he's out. Right. He has to have surgeries. That's just a red shirt because they're like, this guy can't really play right now. Then he, um, got caught i believe by louisiana state patrol with weed and he tried to eat the weed oh, while I the cop was on its yeah. way into the car <laughs> uh, so not the brightest individual and again never played it down for the denver broncos that was Mick, mickey joseph was his position coach told vance joseph you got to get this guy mm-hmm. so i that just needs to be put out there okay back to you, what you were no saying. absolutely i mean uh, i think bronco fans and uh there's buff broncos crossover of course there's we've had enough of the joseph family here so uh it's good to see nebraska kind of embrace them uh also interesting names on the list bronco mendenhall plus 900 mark stoops plus a thousand troy calhoun plus 1300 wow that makes sense just go back to the triple option yeah (laughs) that was an interesting one matt rule plus 1400 and then you said urban meyer uh, 25 to 1. Deion Sanders, 30 to 1 on this list. Oh, my God. Who scares you the most on this list? Is it Urban Meyer? No. I actually wanted Urban Meyer um, to... Like, I want Urban Meyer to go there. Yeah. Because I think that his brand is so tarnished that he can't recruit anymore. Right. Like, you know, all these coaches do this, like, bullshit about religion and all this stuff when they go into people's... Um, you know, uh, living rooms, right? Like Urban Meyer just can't do that when there's videos of you cheating on your wife. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. So I'm like, oh yeah, think that Urban Meyer's the guy. Give him like 10 million a year and watch as he. Everyone thinks he's a joke now. Right. Uh, Dan Mullen, I think, is an interesting option just because the how we got let go at Florida was really interesting because 
he was a good coach. He had it kind of rolling there. He just couldn't get the recruiting going. Uh, whether that's the the issue that will happen at Nebraska, we'll see. Uh, Deion Sanders at 30 to one made me laugh though. That was a good one. Uh, maybe DraftKings will have these odds eventually. Uh, shout out to DraftKings. Uh, who would you bet on? Who? Which coach? Yeah. So like, okay, the Matt Campbell thing. They just did that yeah. before Scott Frost. Remember. Bo Pelini was taking this team eight to ten wins every single year. Right. They were competing. It's the best they've been since Colorado destroyed their program in 2001 by beating them 62 to 36. Um, and they were like, this isn't good enough. So then they hired Mike Riley. Is that his name? Yeah, uh, the, the Oregon State guy, right? Yes. Like, first of all, what? Yeah. What were they thinking? <laughs> you were like, we need championships. So you went with the Oregon State coach, mm-hmm. um, who was a good football coach, right? but not for the expectations they set. Then they started winning like six to seven games, canned him, brought in Scott Frost. Then they started winning four to five games or five. Did they make a bowl game under Scott Frost? Can't remember. I don't think so. So they were winning like five games a season. Yeah. And the Matt Campbell feels like, oh, you're going back to the Mike Riley hire. Cause like he's done a great job at Iowa state in the same way that I think Mike Riley did a great job at Oregon state. But that guy's not a, championship coach maybe they would just want to get back to winning six seven games and then try to build from there right uh so looking at this list i mean he's still employed right now by the carolina panthers but matt rule i think is a very interesting option i mean this is a guy that's turned around a couple programs just in college football um of course the carolina thing is i mean that's going to work itself out eventually i don't think he'll end up staying there past this year that was one of the worst nfl hires i mean they're paying him like 10 mil a year yeah and he should have been fired after last year honestly he's bad Uh, he's not good maybe better as a college football coach which is where i would expect him to return i think nebraska would be pretty wise honestly to hit him up and be like look you built up temple you built up baylor Come help build up this historical program. Or I'm intrigued by the Troy Calhoun option, honestly. <laughs> the Troy Calhoun option. Emphasis on yeah. option. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people have said, see, you should go back to the triple option. And like the same people that are saying that in the CU world, they're saying that in the Nebraska world. Yeah. I think it's weird that no big programs want to try that anymore. Now, I get it. You can't recruit. At, there are certain guys you won't be able to recruit. You don't need those guys. You don't need to recruit quarterbacks when you run the triple option. Right. You don't need to recruit wide receivers when you run the triple option. You should be able to recruit offensive linemen and running backs. That's a good point. Well, look at Georgia Tech. They were able to get Calvin Johnson and Demarius Thomas yes. on their roster yes. while running the triple option. So mm-hmm. I guess, I mean, we haven't really seen it past. Georgia Tech's the last the last of a, mm-hmm. of a dying yep. breed, yep. and they're gone. Like you know, they're, Exactly. So the the biggest team running the triple option is Air Force. 100%. It's weird. Them or Navy. Um, DraftKings, though. The Troy NFL, Calhoun would fit really well at Nebraska. He looks like Nebraska. He kind of does, huh? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, Troy Calhoun, I mean, he's had his options, I think. Do you really think that he'd leave for? For Nebraska, you should. Um, it's. I mean, that is a... I don't, the, you just have unlimited support there. That's right. You know, like, uh, as much as I joke about them and love to watch them lose and hate them, like, that is a place. All they care about is the football program being good. Yep. Like, the university just exists to for the football program. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, that's all anyone cares about out there. It's a whole, You have a whole state behind you, and you have unlimited resources. They just fired a coach just because they felt like it. And they were like, we can wait a month for seven and a half million. That is my new goal in life is to have, excuse my language, earmuffs for the kids, such fuck you money that I can just call up the athletic director of the buffs and be like, I don't care what it costs. Fire yeah. the coach. <laughs> I'll, I'll pay for it myself. Yes, I will pay for it. That's like what people did. <laughs> yeah. They're like seven and a half million for a month. We don't care. We have the money. Just spend it. Like imagine make using your money to just make a coach go away like you don't get anything from that i mean they're one of only a handful of programs i think that have people with that power that can do that um is are they a better football team now without scott frost no do you think that they could salvage the season maybe win four or five games this year it only gets harder from here did the players hate scott frost that's what i don't know if, if the answer is yes, then yeah, they can turn it around. True. If the answer is no, I, like, I almost felt like he was just cursed. Everything he did was wrong. But I didn't, I, I don't know. I mean, the, making the players throw up, like, 
Well, Maybe they did hate him. The level of arrogance it seemed that he brought to that pro- program in terms of just quotes and post game, yeah, for and sure. Things that he said. I mean, I mean, he's a, a douche for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't know if the players like. If the players just hated him, then yeah, I think they have a chance to turn around. They're going to get smoked by Oklahoma this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe... Oklahoma? The, yes. Oh, my God. That was the other thing. You're setting up your interim, <laughs> you know, new coach momentum for failure. What are, what are they hoping for that just... I guess the interim guy is going to be able to rally the troops and that they're going to... Is it in Norman? Do you know? <sighs> I think it is. Oh, they're, they're sitting ducks then. I mean, the spread has to be, what, 30-something at this point? There's the, no way they can yeah. hang. The smart move would have just been like, hey, we're going to lose to Oklahoma. Let's use him as the sacrificial lamb. Exactly. Get embarrassed, take our medicine, and, you know, uh, move on. Also, Scott Frost had a knack for keeping these games close. That's uh, true. Like the really big games when you were mm-hmm. like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Nebraska's going to get killed. They actually performed well. It was the games where they were 25-point favorites that they performed at their worst. Yeah, and they kept it, kept it close against Michigan all the time. I remember all their mm-hmm. games always being within like four or five points too. So It's, it's because they like they like that team has talent. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see what happens. Maybe Mickey Joseph has the, uh, the magic. He's got that Wednesday practice touch. By the um, way, first African-American head coach of any program yes. in Nebraska history. It's quite a shocking stat. That's got to raise some questions. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Maybe DraftKings will have these lines on next Nebraska coach that we can possibly get in on in the near future. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. If you want more action, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion it's simple. This Sunday, bid on an NF- any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Also, shout out to Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product I use literally every single day because, well, the buffs stress me out and they play bad football and I just need to feel healthy about myself. That's what Athletic Greens does for me. They have 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods sourced, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash buffs. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash buffs to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Ryan, let's talk about the buffs here. Um, do we have to? We, we, we have to a bit on the buffs <laughs> podcast. I'm sorry. Um, I mean, as you mentioned, it's not really been good, but there's some things to get into, particularly the quarterback situation. Let's start there. JT had his first start on Saturday. It could not have possibly gone worse, I don't think, uh, in no. terms of the setting, the weather, going against a triple option team, and then just receivers dropping footballs, fumbles, fumbles from JT, sliding uh, issues, just a bunch. What do you make of his first start, and how confident are you that we will see better play this week against Minnesota? Well, do we know who's starting? It's it's pretty much going to be JT. There, so... Uh, he did, Carl Durrell did bring up the true freshman after the game on Saturday. Um, we talked about that Owen a little McCown. bit. Uh, we'll get to Owen McCown later. He walked that back on Monday a bit saying it's between JT and Bilu still. Uh, but they have begun to have conversations about the freshman. <laughs> I love this. So, um, um, okay. So I've actually seen this exact season play out before. Okay. It's like the wheels completely come off and then why not just play the kid? Uh, and it was Sefo Lufau at the time, mm-hmm. and he was not ready at all, but he was very mature for his age. You know, he's an 18-year-old kid. He gets thrown in there, and we were all, like, blown away at just the way that Sefo carried himself as a f- true freshman at the time. Um, and it took a while, you know, but he was the starter for that year, the next year, the next year, and then finally the rise, um, and you finally saw it pay off. Like, he leaped up to a new level his body you know transformed and so sadly that's where like i that's the last dying hope i have for the season is like hopefully owen mccown plays and gives us a shed of hope 
What I think is weird, Jake, is Belu played in in week one, and he was bad. Yeah, but not that bad no. as compared to what we saw last weekend. Now again. Uh, conditions played a huge role in that, and I, I feel terrible for JT Shaw because he's got he got, his first opportunity was pinned on the one yard line, which I was like, "What are they doing here?" Mm-hmm. His second opportunity is in like some of the worst football conditions I've ever been in, one of the most miserable game experiences I've rough. ever had, uh, and <laughs> I feel for him. But if Brendan Lewis was your starter. You committed to him in the first game of the season. That's you had the most information going into that. What did you see? What happened that made you just abandon him by now? So Darrell talked about this a little bit after the game. Um, he was asked why Brendan Lewis didn't play against Air Force because all we've heard up until this point is that it is JT and Brendan, and that they're battling out. He even said today at practice they're still splitting reps at at, uh, at first team reps at quarterback. But they said he said that they wanted him and Mike Sanford wanted to see JT get a full game and just start to build that resume, that tape resume, just to have games under his belt, just so that they can honestly evaluate and see what they have. So that's why Brendan Lewis didn't get in. Uh, Durrell said he brought it up to Sanford, or Sanford brought it up to Durrell, but Durrell made the decision to keep JT in. I almost, jeez, I don't know. It's a weird. I, like if you told me Brendan was starting this week, then I would say, okay, it makes sense that they left JT in last week because mm-hmm. nothing was getting better in that game. Like right. the conditions were set up for failure. At the same time, Brendan would have been more set up for success in those conditions <laughs> than JT was. Like yeah. you know, the only time they went and put together a good drive was just because they just ran ran the ball all the way down the field. Right. So why would you not do that with Brendan? I, this this is bad because it, to me it just feels like Carl keeps pressing the wrong button. No matter what he does, it's the wrong button, uh, and it's easy. It's very easy for me to sit here and say that, but you can change your mind on things. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you can say, "Hey, JT is a starter," and then you get there and it's pouring rain, and you you watch warmups. And I saw balls going through guys' hands in warmups, and I was just like. If you want, you can just say like, "Hey, we're making the decision to to at least mix in Brendan here because he gives us a better chance to win." Like, I don't know, you know, that game crazy as this sounds, and I feel this way about the TCU game as well. Those both of those games were winnable games. Now, you look at the final scoreboard and you tell me I'm insane. But the point is, you're an inch away from that being a 3-point game in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. So, being kind of like dug digging your heels in makes no sense to me in those situations. And the same goes for week one when it's like JT comes in and he's cooking on that two minute drill. Yeah. You have done nothing on offense to that point. Bring in JT, try to get that moment, that wave of momentum. So again, I know it's easy for me to say sitting here, but it just feels like Carl doesn't have a feel for things. And, and, and especially when it comes to these quarterbacks. Right. I mean, the hot hand, I think, has to be something that he needs to consider at this point, yeah. uh, especially in this game. I mean, it's not going to get any easier for them. And as you mentioned, they were actually in both of these games Yes, uh, fairly late, too. I mean, it was basically the end of the third quarter when they punted uh, from the, their, the TCU 40-yard line that they lost the TCU game. Mm-hmm. And then it was just the fumble at the goal line um, and just... They got the, it right back, though. Yeah. And then they got down there again and couldn't do anything. Yeah, so it's... We'll get to the offense as a whole in a bit. To wrap up this quarterback conversation, though, do you think we see both this week then? I would hope so. There's no reason not to. Unless one guy comes out and is cooked. Like if JT Stroud goes and leads a touchdown drive and then leads a field goal drive, like this is a pipe dream, I feel like. But then leave him out there. Yeah. Um, but if he goes out and struggles, see if you can get something working with Brendan. I would love to see Brendan come in just in goal line situations. Yeah. Make yourself more multiple in those areas. Um, and so obviously that's been an issue for you too, punching it in. Um, I just, I feel like you have to be more open-minded and there's no reason to play Owen McCown this week. No, absolutely not. This is the one week of the year he should not play. Yes. Um, but on Owen McCown. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. When do you think he plays? All right. So 
Read to me the schedule. So, uh, so I know it's Minnesota and then UCLA. What Minnesota, comes after UCLA, then Arizona, and then you're by. And then if you allow me to pull it up, I'll tell you who's right after. You think in two weeks then? Yep. I, I mean, well, three weeks. Three weeks, yes. Third, yeah. Two mm-hmm. full games, then the next game. Uh, he's So he did walk, as I mentioned, he walked that comment back a bit. But okay. it seems like the discussion. What was the walking back? So after the game, he said that they were, as I said, they were talking about having the freshman guys. And then on Monday, uh, Brian asked them, or Brian asked Carl Durrell that question again, just about are we going to see any of the freshman quarterbacks or are they working with the first team this week? And Carl said, we're having those conversations still, kept on bringing up that fact, and that it's still JT and Brendan Lewis that he wants to battle it out still. He said they're still in competition, basically. So to me, this this is what I, I'm reading out of that. They're asking themselves, are we going to do more harm to Owen McCown by putting him in now than we are going to do good to the team by playing him? Mm-hmm. I think that deep down, they believe he's the best quarterback on the roster. Mm-hmm. But they're they're trying to decide, hey, with the team in you know kind of disarray, um, all the vibes going wrong. Mm-hmm. The offensive line struggling. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Or is this our only card that we have left? And do we need to make sure that we're putting him into a stable situation? And that's why I kind of think the Arizona game makes sense. Because that's at home, right? Uh, that's in Tucson. Okay, that is in Tucson. Well, maybe then it doesn't. So, okay, here's the schedule then. So we have Minnesota, UCLA next weekend in uh, Folsom at, at Arizona. Tucson. And then by week on the 8th of October, and then it's uh, Cal comes to Folsom. Okay, there it is. At Oregon State, Arizona State comes to Folsom. Okay, I, I, for, I, I forgot that Arizona was on the road. That one probably doesn't make as much sense. Again, you're trying to put him into the most – perfect situation you can if you're going to do this mm-hmm. probably makes sense after the bye week against cal at home yeah. and then you can if things it's it's kind of crazy how important things in that first game how much it matters and if things go really well for him in that first game and again this is assuming that he's all the he has all the talent right he can ride that wave you know what i mean now if you throw him in let's just say they were out of their minds and they put him in this week yeah and you're just getting crushed left and right and throwing picks and all this stuff like then you really do have a chance that you just shot his confidence and he's like he's asking himself can i play at this level the the factor with owen mccown that i think looms large is the desperation factor from carl durrell to save his job and his staff's job because i don't think there's any well okay go ahead well i mean after that so you come up to the bye week you're probably going to lose this weekend against Minnesota. I don't think anyone's reasonably expecting them to win this game. You're probably going to lose to UCLA, although you could definitely play yourself into that game if you get decent quarterback play Mm -hmm. and DTR hands you a couple gifts with turnovers and stuff, right? Arizona's better. They're much improved, but I'd still say they're probably better than the Buffs at this point. Arizona's quarterback is the most chaotic player in college football. He is. I love watching him. (laughs) He he was a lot of fun. That red receiver cowing, too, is a beast. He can play, but... Delora, I'll watch him every week because he's he just, he's like a chicken with his head cut off out there just going crazy. So we're looking at a potential stretch here where the Buffs are 0-5. They're in a bye week. I mean, I'm sure the pressure at that point for Durrell and this coaching staff has got to be nearing, because you mentioned it to start the season. Undefeated October has to be the dream. And that's <laughs> actually one of the questions is, is that still on? Or what are the prospects for October at this point? Because November, you got Oregon, USC, Washington, and Utah. So, it okay, so I talked to some people this week, um, and no one, this is not like sourced information, you know, but the feeling I get is the only way Carl Durrell loses his job is if they lose, if they win zero games. And zero is absolutely positively on the table yeah um now maybe that's an overreaction because they have been in these games and we're buff like talking about myself here but like as buffs fans we're expect we're 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 just expecting the worst at this point Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like like there's a lot of apathy around i will say there's still a ton of buffs fans in that stadium at air force like 
Buffs fans are doing a great job of supporting this program Absolutely. despite the circumstances. With that being said, zero is on the table because the schedule doesn't get any easier from mm-hmm. here. I mean, Cal maybe is your easiest game on the schedule. Yeah. Um, and this team hasn't shown any reason why I should be why I should say like Sharpie that in as a word. Right. You know what I mean? So there is that desperation factor. And that's why I think maybe Owen McCown, if you feel like that's your last and best card that you can play, you got to win a game to save your job. It makes sense. Yep. I think that's when we see him. Uh, so circle that October 15th game again against Cal. Also, please announce that earlier in the week. Yeah. Because well, make my job people easier too. <laughs> will come to the, you know, people right. want to see that. Yeah. Like, even if it sells 5,000 tickets, it was worth it, again, because you're not, like, gaining any advantage. They don't have film on them anyway. Exactly. So, keep that in mind. Also, I think it's important to, like, do you have to talk to Josh McCown about this? Not, not like, he makes the decision. Right. But, like, hey, do you think he's ready? Yeah. I, I think absolutely. I would. If I was the coach, I would say, hey, we think he's the best quarterback on the roster. Mm-hmm. Do you think do you think he's good to go? Like you've talked to him, you're you know you're in his ear. Well, I mean the the reviews about Josh McCown have always been that this guy's going to be a coach after he finishes playing. Yeah, and so he was, he was literally a coach while he was exactly. Playing so of he's Owen's team. He's got the mind. He's going to know how his kid actually can play the game. Yeah. Um. So of course I think you got to just hit him up and at least get his pick his brain a little bit. Um. I, for me. He would be the quarterback's coach. Right. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> like, and maybe that's something you can do in the future. But, like, I, I think there's probably, I don't know. I don't know if you're allowed to hire coaches to get recruits. Uh, I know teams have done it before. Yeah. Um, but maybe, like, I don't know. I would, I would want as much Owen McCown influence as I possibly can. Now, you don't want, like, helicopter dad. Mm-hmm. But I'm just calling him up and saying, like, hey, like, I want to play him. Do you think he's good to go? Yeah. I mean, and he's going to know which plays Owen is going to succeed in the most. You mean, yep. It might be a bitch to install some plays midseason, but it's like, if if this is going to help Owen McCown be successful as a true freshman, I mean, this team needs it. They need a spark. That's one of the things Darrell always talks about. They're still looking for a spark at quarterback. We should try to get Josh McCown on the podcast before his son becomes a starting yeah. quarterback because then that's when things get weird yeah that's uh, but as just like a he's obviously a fan of the buffs at this point has to be his son is not playing i feel like he might come on all right then we'll, we'll see what we can do um <laughs> about the rest of the team though personally i feel like the running backs have played pretty well i know that you can say the offensive line has been fairly shaky uh but particularly Dion smith has been someone that stood out to me do you think touchdown run was sweet it was sweet this is his longest career run do you know that no i didn't but that's awesome yeah. good for him um if this offense gets sufficient quarterback play, just nothing great, something that can just sustain drives, is this running game good enough to maybe still reach that three-win mark? It's hard for me to say because they, it was non-existent against TCU. Mm-hmm. Um, now, again, when they did move the ball against TCU, it was because they ran the ball well against TCU. So maybe there's something to build on there. But... That was maybe the most disappointing thing of last week to me is like, look how small those Air Force defensive linemen are. Like, you should be putting those guys in the ground. And credit to those, you know, kids because they they play above their weight. Yeah. Um, and they were physical and they were slippery and they did a lot of things well. But I would have liked to see more from the running game against Air Force for me to say, like, this running game is good enough. I will say I think there are things that you can look back to two on these first two games and say that's something we can build mm-hmm. off that i mean i don't know if you have the stat but i'm was that touchdown drive entirely runs oh the one uh on uh, the, against on, air force on the, yeah um i don't know if they completed think, a pass on that drive I'll, I'll try and see if i can dig it up i think you might be right um it was at least two 20 plus yard runs because mm-hmm. i know or i think it was three actually because i think alex had a run i think dion had a run and then there was the dion touchdown run yep two um so you might be right there uh that's i mean that's the strength of the offense is the running game at this point oh, they don't and have play-by-play on college for on espn, on ESPN. you might have to go to the official site to yep, find that for sure um let's switch sides though defensively i mean 
this defense has actually played pretty well and as as we talked about kept them in these games the past two weeks uh they've just collapsed because they don't get any support offensively and those runs just end up the pipes just burst after a certain point i was saying we should call them the win the levy breaks buffs because it's the same thing last week it was the same thing against tcu and it was the same thing last year against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. It was the same thing last year against Texas A&M. Yep. Like this defense is like, you just imagine them. Like there's like a whole lake that's trying, and they're just like trying to hold it up and they can hold it up yeah. and they can hold it all. Hold, eventually the lake, the levee breaks and here comes the whole lake, you know, rushing down the, the valley. Um, and, and there is something to build off there. Like mm-hmm. Henry loves to talk about this. It was a two score game late into the third last year against Minnesota. And then, of course, it breaks open and you end up seeing a 30-0 score, and that's embarrassing, right. which it was. Um, but I, I this defense feels like they have enough juice to keep you in games if you could just do anything productive on offense. Mm-hmm. We talk, I talked to Quinn Perry on uh, Tuesday. Uh, he had 17 tackles. He just absolutely <laughs> went off against Air Force. Um, but he actually said that they have a championship caliber defense. And I mean, I don't, I think that's a bit rich to say championship caliber, but I mean, this is absolutely one of the better defenses that we've seen in the Pac 12 so far. They've gone against such a, in the two games that you can play, I don't know if you can get more variety in the offenses you have to defend. Air Raid. TCU. <laughs> the triple and, option. And the triple option at Air Force. Um, and they're going to get another test this week against the Gophers of Minnesota. Um, real quick, want to shout out Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, Breckenridge Brewery has the oh. Broncos Country Ale. I knocked back a couple of those. We have you have a Strawberry Sky, mm-hmm. and I've got a Mountain Beach right now. And the new beer just dropped. Yes, they just announced a new beer called Fun Slinger. Okay, which is a collaboration with Never Summer, the snowboard um, mm-hmm. you know winter sports company, and we actually just tried it downstairs, uh, and it is delicious. The first way they described it to me is crushable. And okay. if you describe any beer to me in that way, I'm like, oh, that's that's for me. Yeah. Come on, pour it up. And it is. It's very crushable. You know, the idea of it was a beer that you can take snowboarding. Okay. Uh, you know, Love people that. like, you know, crush on the yeah. on the chairlift, right? You're not like putting down a as much as people love vanilla porter. Like that's not like right. a, I've got five minutes to drink this out yeah. going up the chairlift. Like this is a snowboarding crushable. I called it a tailgate beer. I'm a big fan. And it and it ha it still has flavor, you know, like it's not like you're just drinking water. Beautiful. Um, another crushable beer is the Broncos Country Ale. Um, you know, Breck Brew, as you covered, with the hometown craft beer of the Denver Broncos, that is the Broncos Country Pale Ale. Show off that colorful Colorado legacy with the Orange Crush logo and 100% Colorado ingredients. This will be your go-to for football season. It's already been mine a few times. Check out the beer locator at www.breckbrew.com to find a Broncos Country Pale Ale near you. All right, Ryan, to wrap up today's show, it's actually quite an exciting slate of football in the Pac-12 this weekend. So we're going to walk through a number of games here. Uh, I'm looking here. It seems like all the favorites are the home teams for these notable Pac-12 games. All right. Uh, we have some still intriguing uh, out-of-conference matchups, too, which is where we begin. Cal Golden Bears at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cal is a team. They are 2-0. and So it may look a bit deceiving when you actually look at this UC team. UC Davis and who? Oh, man, I just talked about this on Monday. They played, I think, another FCS team, and it went... Oh, it was UNLV. Okay. They played UNLV. They were 11-point favorites. They needed a goal line stand to beat UNLV 20-14. to 14. They are 11-point underdogs oh my going into God. South Bend to fa- face the Irish. And the Irish did lose their quarterback. And they're 0-2. And they're 0-2. Give me Notre Dame with a golden hammer. Yeah. Like... I am going to pound that line. <laughs> it's quite a mismatch. I agree also. I'm, I mean, I'm thinking, like, I think that line could be 20 points off. It This could be an absolute blowout. Yep. I don't think Cal has shown anything to garner this much respect I mean, at all. even, and, like, you look at that score against UC Davis, um, who I think still has Dan Hawkins as their head coach, uh, CU legend. Um, <laughs> you could say that. This game, you know, they were 7-0. They were down 7-0 into the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they kind of pulled away. And UC Davis hung around a little bit. But, like, it wasn't one of those games. Like, they they were down 7-0 in the second quarter. Like, 
Yep. They didn't dominate UC Davis like they should have. Obviously, like you said, UNLV, one of the worst programs in the country. Um, they needed a goal line stand. Notre Dame, I think what you're getting here is everyone loves to hate Notre Dame, which mm-hmm. count me in. Right. Um, so when, they're, when, when they see them down, they want to kick them while they're down. People are like, oh, give me Cal. Like They're just looking yeah. at like name recognition. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's a legit program. Right. They're not. Um, and they're 2-0. and That's another thing that I think people are betting on. Uh, I'm telling you, Notre Dame by 28. I like it even more now that we just talked about it and that you brought up those points. This one is going to be a lot of fun. Did you watch the BYU game last weekend, the BYU-Baylor game? Yes, I did. Was that late Saturday night? Yes, yeah. it was an absolutely wild game it that was. went to double overtime. I only caught the end because I saw people freaking out about it. Yes. Too busy watching Jaden Delora. Yeah. Who has I'm just so captivated by Jaden Delora. <laughs> yes, Jaden Delora's been fun. But BYU headed to Oregon, Autzen Stadium to play the Ducks. The Ducks are three and a half point favorites. BYU beat number nine Baylor last week. Mm-hmm. They are now ranked number twelve in the nation. Oregon gets back into the top twenty five at twenty five. Who do you have? BYU. I think I agree. Better coach. Uh, um maybe better quarterback and absolutely better quarterback yeah yeah okay there you go better coach better quarterback that's i don't even have yep, to go any further exactly um that's college football right there who's got the coach and the quarterback 100 percent. this one i threw in there because we saw colorado state last week and washington state actually had a nice showing upsetting the wisconsin badgers last weekend that one kind of went under the radar no one no not Dude, a lot of people talked about that i didn't even know about it until sunday yeah like, I have no idea. I mean, now, this should be noted. I was in the absolute desolate, whatever you want to call it, godforsaken area that is Air Force Academy. Yes. Now, beautiful place, mm-hmm. I should point out. You are dead to the world when you were there. Yeah, it was real, it was There's real rough. There's literally no cell service. So I didn't know anything that was going on around any sports. And we're there all day. We're also soaked. So I come home. By the time we got home and, and I showered and got to the couch, it was like 8.30. I'm just like catching the end of these late games. And I fell asleep right after, so I didn't even see uh, like the college football recap show. So yeah. I literally did not know that Washington State beat Wisconsin until Sunday morning. Walked into Camp Randall and beat the, beat, bat, or the Badgers on their own field. It was a wacky game. There were two interceptions, both by each team. They ended up fumbling the interception back to the other team. Wow. Yeah, it was just wacky. Back to the line, though. Colorado State, a rough showing, too. So, wait. What's... Oh, okay. Okay, there you go. Colorado State at Washington State. It's 17 points for the Cougars. So, it should be noted that the team that beat Colorado State last week, who is escaping me, who was that? Middle Tennessee State. Middle Tennessee State had just lost the week prior... To FCS James Madison, forty-four to seven. Now James Madison is an FCS powerhouse. That's a good program. Yes, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. They beat that team forty-four to seven, and then that team came in and was up thirty-four to zero on Colorado State. I don't. I think because it's been so bad for so long, just like it has been for CU for CSU, that the honeymoon period on Jay Norvell is still alive and well. Mm-hmm. Any other situation, everyone would be in full-on panic mode. Right. Um, you can't be down 34-0 to zero to Middle Tennessee mm. State, and like everyone's like, yeah, no, you'll get it right. Yeah. Um, but if it wasn't <laughs> your second game, then there was like all the preseason hype. But that being said, if you're down 34-0 to a team that lost to James Madison, how are you going to compete? And that's at home. Mm-hmm. How are you going to compete on the road with a team that just beat Wisconsin? That's a Big Ten team. Yeah, and Wisconsin, you know, they're not going to be great in the Big Ten this year, but just the level of athlete that they have, mm-hmm. that the fact that Washington State was able to go beat them means the level of athlete that they have is worlds different than what you're putting on the field. Washington State was very surprising in the trenches in that game. They they really managed to hold up against Wisconsin and bottle up Braylon Allen and their just tremendous ground attack that can really overpower at times. Washington State has been volatile also. They 
took the lead late in week one over Idaho, won yep. that game 24-17, and they bounce back, go on the road to Camp Randall, win 17 You have to imagine they're going to be able to ride that wave. 17 points is a lot, though. Is it? They're down 34-0 to zero in, like, the first half. They, they they would have backdoor covered that that seventeen points though. Yeah, against Middle Tennessee State. That's true. Um, maybe I'm just being a hater. <laughs> I I don't see a world in which they keep this within twenty one. They haven't scored any points yet this season. Another good point. We'll see. They did have that. What it was a nineteen point third quarter. I think so. They had a receiver go off for three touchdowns. I think that's all I know. So I think that's they've only scored in two qu- two out of six quarters this season. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Um, next game, a little bit of a, another, I guess, CU-type rival here. Michigan State, the 11th-ranked <laughs> team in the country, traveling to Washington to play the Huskies. The Huskies with Michael Penix Jr., who was the quarterback at Indiana yep. during their run, uh, he has actually played very well the past couple weeks for the Huskies. They are three-and-a-half-point favorites over the Spartans. Spartans, 11th-ranked team in the country. Who do you like? Michigan State. Um, I don't trust Washington. I think they're a little bit overrated at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do say I do have to say when I see like Michael Penix Jr. slinging it around for them, I'm just like, how can Colorado not? I know get a transfer like this. Like, yeah, they're everywhere. Or I watch Jake Hayner, who we're about to talk about. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, why does Fresno State have that guy? Jaden Delora. Yeah, exactly. Delora, like that dude makes plays for that team. Yeah, Colorado has legitimately had like. One and a half passable quarterbacks in the last 20 years. It's been pretty brutal. Uh, you got to imagine the luck changes at some point. It, yeah, I've been saying that for 15 <laughs> of those 20 years. Who do you have? Washington State? or I'm sorry, Michigan State? Give me Michigan State. I hope okay. I'm wrong. I agree. I agree. I think Michigan State will be too much to handle for the Huskies. This one... Jarek Broussard. Jarek Broussard, yeah. He did score last week. Yep. This one's a lot of fun. I can't wait for this game. Fresno State at USC... Jake Hayner, you're in on, the, on him too, aren't you? Oh, I am all in on I him. I love Jake Hayner. Let's go. There's nothing I love more than a perfect college quarterback. Yes. Like, he, Jake Hayner checks all the boxes for me. I'm pretty sure he grew up a Fresno State fan. Like, he's from the area. That's um, just... A little undersized. Mm-hmm. Super electric. Like, he just Just checks, throws darts. Yes. Like, <laughs> he just checks all the boxes for me. I'll, I'll watch him every single week. And I... I'm going to bet on them to cover the 11 and a half. The only thing is their defense is awful. So bad. The last week against Oregon State, it was a great game. Fantastic game late Saturday. But, man, that defense really let Hayner down. Um, I think I'm going to take the Trojans, though. I think this is a really powerful football team that has potential playoff material. I mean, it'd be great for the Pac-12 for them to at least cut us some checks on the way out. That's that's a good point. I just have to root for Jake Hayner. He's literally my guy. I respect that. I love that, actually. <laughs> I'll probably be down. Isn't that a 7.30 start? Um, I, I believe so. I w- it has to be a night game. I'd I'll imagine. probably be down on, on my day and just end up taking Fresno State money line. <laughs> love it. It's up to 12.5 now. Finally, Colorado at Minnesota. Minnesota beat this team 30 to nothing last year. They are 27.5 point favorites at this point. It has been going... Flirting with 27, 27 and a half. I think it's settled back at the half point. Hmm. Ryan, what is your side here? I have to emotionally hedge at this point. Um, it's I it's feel up like to it's, 28 now, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. That's a whole point from where it was earlier today. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, there, there, I have literally no evidence where I can point and say Colorado is going to stay in this game other than the defense. And I do think the defense might be able to hold their own a little bit, but I watched them shut the buffs out last year and I just there's no offensive evidence for me to say they're going to be able to put up maybe they score seven ten points uh and that could be enough to cover this spread but Mm -hmm. I have to emotionally hedge and just say there's no way they do it and if they lose by 21 then I get to come back and say hey they outperformed my there you go love to hear that uh we will be doing a full breakdown tomorrow I do think that Colorado will look better as a football team this week. I'm expecting the quarterbacks to play better. I mean, you say this, and it's always a dangerous thing to say, but it can't possibly get worse than what we saw from the quarterbacks the last two weeks. Mm -mm. Um, You've seen that some chemistry has been able to be formed with Daniel Arias from both guys. Um, Maybe if some of those drops go differently last week, the stat line alone looks better for JT, and you just feel a little bit more confident. 
Um, with Deion Smith, though, I think that that running game is really going to be the key here. We'll find out exactly how potent they can be and if they can match Minnesota on the ground because that's going to be their strategy also. Mo Ibrahim back at running back. They have Chris Ottman-Bell at wide receiver. They're, He's a beast. They're the only team that they're behind in rushing yards in the country is Air Force. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, the second back, don't have his name right now. He's dynamic too. Tanner Morgan, a six-year starter. How is he still there? I, this COVID, is, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Six-year starters, I mean, that's you, you have a lot of them on the buffs, but I, you never have many six-year starting quarterbacks, unless you're Case Keenum. Six-year starting quarterback is a cheat code. It is. That dude's a grown-ass man. <laughs> Literally. He's seen every coverage. He's been through several offenses. He can make checks at the line. Like mm-hmm. He's a cheat code in college football. Defensively, I do think that this is a defense. They haven't been tested. They played an FCS team. They played New Mexico State the first two weeks. They have outscored them 100 to 10. So it looks pretty daunting when you look at that. And they, as you mentioned, second in the nation in rushing. But defensively, I think this is a team that can be exploited, particularly at corner. Whether we see that chemistry between quarterback and receiver is to be seen, though. I love, like, I saw them get vertical a little bit this last week. That's like a once a series thing for me mm-hmm. because that is your best chance of moving the football. Like you've yep. proven at this point that you're not a, a dink and dunk uh, throwing offense for sure. Mm-hmm. You can maybe expose them from a running standpoint. So it's like, give me run, run, deep shot, run, run, deep yeah. shot, because I'm not seeing them scheme guys open over the middle, anything like that. I would guess there was a couple moments there for Chase Sowell last week where mm-hmm. he was schemed open over the middle, but Show me that vertical stuff. Try and make Daniel Arias, you know, make plays. One of the things we talked about today at practice, actually, is there's a there's an intriguing element in this game because Mike Sanford, the offensive coordinator, was, of course, on the other sideline last year. He was mm-hmm. Minnesota's offensive coordinator. Phil McGagan, the tight ends coach and passing game coordinator, was also on that side. If you could how – how do I uh, set this line here? Let's say – the line is plus 175. The Buffs run a trick play. Do you like that? I'm hammering the yes. It's, they got to have something, right? Yes. I mean, and it should be on the fir- first two drives. Mm-hmm. Like, because what's been happening, like, what happens is you get down so much, you're like, well, let's not burn that play. Right. So give yourself a chance. Yeah. Um, you know, Football is a crazy sport. We just saw it on Monday night with the Broncos and the Seahawks. The Broncos are so much better than the Seahawks, and the Mm -hmm. stats actually proved it out. Mm -hmm. Football's weird. Weird things happen now. It's a very weird It's a little bit different. We also just saw Georgia Southern, who I believe was 24-point dogs at Nebraska, go in and win that. So things can happen. Um, By the way, Georgia Southern's quarterback, I was like, why can't can't we have that guy? Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, It's... Get up 7-0 somehow, some way. Like, that's what really yeah. messes things up. And that's what messed up things for the Broncos, I felt like, is Geno goes and scrambles and makes a big play. And then all of a sudden, you're like, whoa, okay, we're feeling a little bit of pressure here. Make them feel a little pressure. Run a crazy trick play, complete it, take a lead, and, you know, make them think twice. You have to be encouraged by the defense's ability to generate turnovers last week also. Yep. That's going to be huge. I mean, these are all the keys to an upset. Like I said, we'll do the deep dive tomorrow. But that's going to do it for today's episode of the DMVR Buffs podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Ryan, for hopping on today. Of course. Shout out to the American Raptors. We will be back on Friday. Sco Buffs.